Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is the Relungeables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, and each episode we'll be breaking down another 90s, early 2000s kids movie. I'm not alone. Each episode I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. This is a bonus episode in which I bring on one of the stars of Under Wraps, Adam Wiley. We've done a lot of interviews at this point. I don't want to rank them, but this has definitely got to be one of my favorites. I think my listeners are really going to enjoy this, especially for you Entourage fans. So let's get into my interview with the Adam Wiley. And just because I love hearing it, let's play the Disney Channel original movie intro music. We are now joined by one of the stars of Under Wraps, Adam Wiley. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this movie. Uh, first ever original uh, DCOM. And yeah. I, I mean, so cool to be a part of that. You know, just to even say that, like, oh, you were in the, the, the original Disney movie? Like the first <laughs> one? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? The original DCOM. What? Weird. I was so disappointed when I loaded up Disney Plus and I found out it was not on there and I had to go on to YouTube to watch it. I guess there's some rights issue. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea either, uh, to be honest. And I get this question a lot. Like, why isn't Under Wraps on Disney Plus? And I, I don't really know. I do know that on the Roku app, if you have the Disney app, it's on there. Huh. I also do know that you can buy it on iTunes. Because I bought it. On, well, my wife bought it on iTunes and she was like, look what I got for you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and it's funny because when she played it, She's like, I don't think I've ever seen you in anything. She played it and went, that spider looks familiar. <gasps> I've seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have that reaction of like, there's all these movies in the 90s, early 2000s that I just like can't place. And now that they're on Disney yeah. Plus, it's like, oh my God, blank check, punks, all these movies that I completely forgot about. And it's just reliving totally. it in nostalgia. <laughs> and what's, what's really interesting is we were too young to compute the names with the film, you know, I feel like that, that was something that you develop as you're older. Cause even when you're like five, six, seven, you, you know, some, but you definitely don't know all, especially when you're like, Oh man, I love that. Like one of those for me was, um, the witches hmm. didn't, I was like, remember that movie? Or like there was, <laughs> I think it was Angelica Houston. And then like, she turns that kid into a rat or a mouse or something, man, that was a cool movie, but I never knew the name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally have that all the time uh i'm curious when you were making under wraps did you know that that was going to be the first disney channel original movie no uh i i wasn't i was 13 at the time i had just turned 13 i was actually um doing a play at the exact same time which seems to happen a lot in my life uh to be honest i'm i'm usually doing a play and then i do something on tv and then go back to the play for like closing and like in the <laughs> middle i'm like not there um I wasn't aware of the empire that the over 100 DCOMs would be. Um, 
And I don't think any of us really were. I think this was like a, well, let's try this, you know? And we didn't know what a, what a Disney Channel original movie was, you know? Then we had no idea what to expect from this. We just knew that we were having a good time filming a movie that was super fun and about Halloween, one of my favorite holidays. And I was just happy to do that. Uh, I'm curious. I want to go way back here in the time machine. And yeah. how'd you get started acting? I think you started at what, four years old, maybe? I did. I started at four years old and uh, my brother, one of my, I have, I'm the youngest of five kids. And one of my older brothers was an actor and a dancer. And um, the, his agent saw me uh, and said, you know what? Uh, redheaded kids usually do pretty well. You should think about getting them into the business. My mom was reluctant. I went on my first audition and I got the job. And she was like, oh, you know what? Maybe there's something to this. Uh, because that never happens, to go on your first audition and get, your, get a job. It's insane. Uh, really, for as an actor, every thousand auditions that you go on, you probably like get 10 callbacks if you're lucky and book one of them. Yeah. So the fact that I actually did it was incredible. And then I just kind of loved it, fell in love with performing. You know, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I... I, I can't, I still can't, you know, I perform any which way that I possibly can. I do from um, still acting to being a magician. And even when I do magic, I'm still using my improv skills and all of that. Um, and it's really just to help me further with my acting career, to be honest. Uh, and whether I'm like, on stage or doing voiceovers or movies or, or television, you know, I love all aspects of performing and that's really what I thrive on. I love it. Did you grow up in LA as a kid? I was fortunate enough to grow up in LA, yeah. And I think that helped a lot, especially being in it at such a young age. And back then it was, well, even today, it's tough to get in the business any younger or even at four years old they use twins a lot because mm. of the labor laws uh kids can just work longer if there's two of them and so you you double your investment in a sense uh so i was very lucky to work as much as i did as a kid without being a twin um because that's that's kind of rare in the industry but i grew up in california i was born in san dimas uh you know the, the famous bill and ted's san dimas high <laughs> and i was raised in claremont and uh, lived in the Inland Empire until about four-ish, five years ago, uh, which is pretty, pretty astounding. Now, for those of you who don't know California geographics, it's about 55 miles away from anywhere close to uh, L.A. And I have a friend who lived a little further, but I mean, even still, it's crazy to be making that drive every day. And now I finally have <laughs> a shorter commute. Who knows, you know. I don't know why I did that. I'm going to ask you I, kind of an impossible question to answer, but I'm curious to what you're going to say. If you had grown up in South Carolina or Texas or somewhere else in the country, do you think your path would have led you down to being a performer? Kind of like a nature versus nurture question here. That's a really interesting question. I still think so. And the reason being is I, um, as a kid, I would make up operas. Now, I didn't know any foreign languages. I still don't know any foreign languages. All I know is English, but I knew that opera was mostly in a foreign language, so I'd make up my own foreign language. And I would, like, sing disturbingly in planes and things and just, you know, and people would be like, what is this kid? Like, this kid is 
he's a handful. And I was. <laughs> um, I still do because theater was always something that I was super interested in. I think I would have been drawn to performing and it would have been an outlet for me, which is why it's so important to have theater in theater programs in schools and such because um, I either would have done that or I'm going to be honest with you. I am, I love sports. Like sports is my second greatest passion. <laughs> I would say third greatest passion. It, it goes acting, magic, sports, right? <clears throat> and I would have probably tried to become a professional athlete in some sense, whether it would be a baseball player, a hockey player, a gymnast. Um, but still that's performing, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. And I think whether I would have been an athlete or stuck with theater, I would have been doing one of those two things 100%. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I could definitely relate to the sports aspect. I know everyone's probably hurting right now with the quarantine and literally just watching like, the spelling bee repeats on ESPN right now looking for something. I mean, they're so good, though. They're so entertaining. <laughs> like, those kids are incredible, I have to yeah. say. I'm, I have trouble spelling tomorrow. <laughs> and these kids are like, What's the root, please? Where was that? Is there any alternate definitions, any alternate pronunciations? Ooh, now I know it's a Q-U. And you're like, I thought it was an S. What are you talking about? And so that's really rad. And I hear you. I've been watching, like, you know, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm from L.A., huge Kobe Bryant fan. So I've been watching every time they've been replaying the finals with Kobe and how just masterful he is. Yeah. Ugh. Like, it, it breaks my heart. But... um. I am craving any, I will, I will watch, I will watch anybody throw dice at this point just to have sports <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Uh, but I'm enjoying the last dance. That's it's been fantastic. It's like the best. It's been the best series on TV, I think. Oh, hundred percent. And I think the ratings prove it. Uh, going back to just growing up in your childhood, was it difficult bouncing between auditions? Do you think you're able to have kind of a normal childhood experience going to school and, you know, I don't know what the dynamic was like with your friends. Were, do they know what you were doing on the side? I know you were doing a lot of voiceover at a young age. I don't know if they could place you in shows like Hey Arnold, The Wild Thornberries, or any of that. But just, just comment on your childhood a little bit. Yeah, this is a very good question. My childhood was definitely not typical. Um, it was an atypical childhood for sure. And it was hard. I'm not going to lie. Growing up in the industry is really, really tough. You get a lot of jealousy and a lot of animosity from a lot of people. I went to normal school as much as I could because my mom thought it was very important for socialization and things. I'm so glad she did that. But I had to go to a private school because normal uh, school systems in Los Angeles only plan out their curriculum uh, one week at a time. Hmm. And I was gone for months at a time. So I needed a school that would cater to an entire year of curriculum or six months of curriculum that I would be able to take with me because by law, we have to work with a set tutor on, this, on, on projects and have three hours of schooling every single day. So that was really, really uh, hard because I missed, a lot. I missed out a lot. I was on every sports team in school, but I would miss most practices. And even though I knew the playbook like the back of my hand was athletically gifted, um, I would get benched a lot just because I couldn't make either the full practices or I couldn't make a lot of the practices. Um, and they thought it was unfair to the other kids, which I understand. But I also understand like, then don't bench me for every game. Why am I here? 
Yeah. Then, then why am I even here? Because I'm also doing my best. Um, friends wise, it was really tough. Friends knew that I was on TV. Uh, oh, you know, I saw you on blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> I saw you on Boy Meets World or, you know, what have you. And um, some, you know, when you're a kid, it's hard to decipher who is really your friend and who is in it because you're famous. And it's hard as an adult to decipher that too. And I've made a lot of um, adjustments in my life, uh, figuring out how to filter all of those things. And I've got a pretty good handle on it now, of course, now, um, uh, decades later. But it's, it's hard. I even got animosity from the teachers. Hmm. Uh, I remember a uh, math teacher pulled me aside and he said, do you think your acting is getting the way of your studies? And I was like, uh, no, you built a pretty good career and I have a retirement plan. Uh, that's pretty, pretty darn good. Why? He said, you know what you got on your last math test? They have to understand. I am horrible in math. My best friend still to this day was tutoring me at the time. And he's, um, really good math. He's older. He's a lot older than me. Like he's 12 years older than me, but we have had a bond for a very long time. And so he was, he was tutoring me and I was always terrible at math. I'm highly, severely dyslexic, severely dyslexic. And that when I memorize lines, I memorize lines very, very quickly. So I don't have to read a lot, hmm. but with math, there's only one step to do it. Only one way to do it. And if that, if that, you know, uh, um, six becomes a nine or whatever, you're wrong. And it's hard. And so that teacher said, do you know what you got in your last test? And I was like, no. And I'm just going, my gosh, please don't be an F. Please don't be an F. And he's like, you got a C. And I was like, oh! <laughs> that's the best math grade I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> that's going on the fridge, right? <laughs> yes. I was like, you don't understand. That is fantastic to hear. And the fact that he then questioned my career that I'm still doing, because what they don't teach you in school is how to life, hmm. you know? And I was fortunate enough to be, to set up myself as a young kid for the rest of my life for a good foundation to be able to have this amazing journey and have life experiences by the time I was 18 that one can only dream of, which I'm so lucky to have. So I have a lot of things that people don't going back to the original question, but I also have a lot of things, you know, the, the quarantine kids today are like, well, I didn't get a problem. Well, I didn't, neither did I. I didn't get any of those things either. I didn't get to walk. You know, granted, I was working and moving to New York and on Broadway at that time, and I get it. And I understand that it's, a, that right now it's, it's not a choice and mine could have been a choice. But there were, you know, I also, didn't get those experiences and it's really really hard to not have all of those experiences because you wish you had a time machine and you just go back and do all of these things but i accept that the experiences that i wanted to have as a kid that i thought were normal versus the experiences i got to have and so lucky and thankful to be able to have experienced really outweigh it hmm. i would not change it for the world but it was not normal by any means. Half days at school were regular for me because I had auditions. I had to be pulled out early all the time because we live so far away from LA. If I had an audition at three o'clock, I had to be pulled out at 11 so I could 
you know, memorize the lines if I needed to, take a shower again if I needed to, be able to change clothes because in case mine were dirty, and then take that hour trip into LA, do the audition, and then sit in two and a half hours of traffic back. I can even imagine, I'm sure a lot of people, when they look at these child stars who burn out in their 20s, and it's tough to, you know, unless you're in their shoes and living through, you can't really experience it. Um, totally. It's a hard world. Yeah, yeah. Especially for the kids. Yeah. Did you get typecast at all? It seemed like you played the nerd a lot. Was that similar mm -hmm. to your own childhood? It doesn't seem like maybe your math grades indicated that you were a nerd, but did you kind of embody <laughs> that nerd experience growing up? No, actually. Uh, I, I was always typecast as the nerd. Uh, I looked like uh, a nerd, but I, I mean, I was not... I was not cool by any means. Uh, and I was a nerd in, in many ways. You know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't a nerd in a se I was always like, I always had a personality. You know what I mean? I was, I was kind of the class clown. And I remember my, I got creepy crawlers banned at school because I started a business where I would sell them at school. And it got so popular and it had so many uh, branches that we made, I think by the time we made five grand, they decided to ban them at school. <laughs> but we had made five grand before. That's a lot of money as a Selling kid. creepy crawler, like insane. And I just, we had pog cases, you remember those? Those yeah. big plastic pog tubes. And we would just put money in there. And the teachers would be like, how? They're selling these things for a quarter. How are they making so much money? And I was like, I don't know. But to be honest, that five grand was distributed between like 20 kids who were like employed. It was insane. You had a whole pyramid scheme, right? Yeah, and it was fantastic. And um, I, I wasn't, I, I wouldn't consider myself a nerd. I probably was. I ended up being a professional magician, uh, but I wasn't into, into magic as much as I am now. Um, I wasn't that kid who who loved uh, like RPGs and was into like Pokemon and and all of those like Dungeons and Dragons. I wasn't that kid. You know, I was very athletic, very much into sports. I was training to go to the Olympics in gymnastics while acting and and doing all of these things and um, being stereotype cast as the nerd. I just embraced the culture. Hmm. of of nerdism and um i think i'm definitely a nerd in my own way you know what i mean uh i i i look the part which is excellent i'm not super like techie you know i'm great yeah. with phones i'm great with video games but mostly sports video games and first person shooters that's like it that's like that's my <laughs> that's my thing Same. i don't i don't like <laughs> stories i don't want to play your campaign if i if i want to watch a movie i will watch a movie it's fine but I don't want to play a movie for 14 hours. It's not going to happen. So um, unless it's like that good, like a Silent Hill or what, ha that's just one example, or like a Max Payne, what have you. So I wasn't a nerd in that sense. You know, I wasn't like a, well, then uh, if you, 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 uh, you break this apart, you'll see that the, the, the circuit board, I was like, I don't, I don't even own a computer, dude. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, it's all Greek to me. But, I had a huge vocabulary as a kid. I was exposed to a lot of adult things. Um, very, 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 very young. I got subtleties and um, semantics and adult jokes that at seven years old that kids would just stare at me for when I told these jokes. They'd be like, huh? And I'm like, ugh, semantics. And they're like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm seven. Want to play kickball? <laughs> and so that was... 
interesting for me to communicate with the the humans of my age. So that made me kind of a nerd, to be honest, that I was a very old soul very quickly. But as far as me considering myself a nerd, I think it got I got more nerdy as I got older in my personality. And when I was younger, I was more nerdy in my looks than my personality. Does that make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, in baseball scouting, you would know that when you're looking at a recruit, you would say, you know, you want to look for a five-tool player who could sort of do it all. 100%. And I kind of consider you to be a five-tool performer between the voiceover, oh, the live sweet. action, uh, the musician, magician. Is there an area of performing that you prefer the most? Maybe the theater. Uh, is there an area that really gets you that high that you're searching for? They all do. Uh, I always say, everyone always says, do you have a preference? And I say, the one that's going to hire me next. <laughs> and that's true because I don't really have a preference. I miss them when I'm not doing them. If I haven't done theater in a long time, I want to do a show. Mm. You know, if I haven't done on-camera work or TV or film in a long time, I want to do that. If I haven't done a voiceover in a long time, oh, I want to do that. If I haven't done a magic show in a while, I want to do that. Mm. You know, things weave in and out of my life, and I've always been a kid who could multitask really, really, really well. And, um, I call it like functioning ADD where I would, I remember my friend walked in and he said, to this day, he still tells me, he's like, Adam, I remember you were doing your homework, you were eating your lunch, you were watching TV and you were memorizing a script, like sides for that afternoon. That's what you were doing and you had an hour. <laughs> and I don't know. And I swear, if I asked you, what the lines were that were just said on the TV, you could repeat them back. And your homework and those sides. It's just the way I kind of operated. I'm so used to such chaos going on that I, I function in it because I'm like, oh, home, which is so odd because most people are like, I don't, I can't have any distraction. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine, you know. I even, as a kid, would do voice lessons and play video games at the same time. And I actually did better when I did that. Hmm. So weird. Uh, and of course, I don't do it. I didn't do it as an, as an adult or even in my late teens. But like when I was a kid, that's kind of what worked for me. But yeah, I, um, I totally forgot the original question. As I'm <laughs> saying that I can totally multitask. <laughs> you missed my amazing I compliment, right I guess. So it's okay. We'll oh, five-tool player, right. We're talking about Mike Trout. <laughs> Mike Trout. That's who we're talking about. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, I really appreciate that compliment. Um, and I try to do the best I can in what's presented to me. And again, I just love performing. So whatever is going to hire me, I am so good to go. But that being said, I don't think I could just be the blah, blah, blah. If I could, if I only worked in one, one media of the entertainment industry, such as like only voiceover or only a TV show or what I would lose my mind because I love doing all of it so much. And it seems like you have a knack for voices. It's something that you, really jumps off the mm. screen in everything you do. Did that happen as a kid? Were you imitating people that you were seeing on TV? Did you love doing voices with your friends? Was that just natural growing up? Yeah, actually, it, it really was. I was, a, I was a singer at a very young age. I came from two, two tone-deaf parents. But my mom said, hey, Adam, 
if you're going to be in this industry, you really need to learn as much as you can. So I'm putting you in voice lessons, dance lessons, you know, sports lessons, um, anything we can possibly get your hands on. You know, I had a, I had a, uh, an ice skating family. So I, I was ice skating since I could walk anyway. And she was like, yeah, uh, I started figure skating, which was the family tradition. And I saw the kids with hockey sticks. I was like, what's that? And she's like, yeah, go do that. No, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> There's celebrity hockey games, apparently. So I started playing hockey at a very young age and doing all of these things. And she wouldn't let me play football, but she was like, go get hit on the ice. I'm like, what? I'm so, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I did voices a lot um, just because of the singing aspect, I think. I think that really, really helped because I would try to match pitch with other like things and people. Like if I, like my dog, you know, when she barks, I'm like. That's uncanny. Go for it. For my listeners, and that was Adam. Go. That was not the dog. <laughs> huh? Huh? That was me. That was me. So it's really cool and really fun to be able to do that. And I did that a lot as a kid and just tried to imitate whatever was around me. And I think that helped me tremendously, especially in the voiceover world, which I was just thrown into because they needed a kid for the Swan Princess, which was my first voiceover thing, who could sing. And I happened to be, you know, a four-year-old who could sing. There you go. You know, the rest is history. And I fell in love with doing voices. And I remember one time I was doing an episode of Dennis the Menace and they were like, yeah, it's got to sound like your tonsils are hurting. I never had tonsil problems. I have the smallest tonsils. I have such small tonsils that the doctor who delivered me said I had none. Hmm. It wasn't until I was uh, in my in my late teens that they actually did the nose cam and found out that I had just very, very, very tiny tonsils. So, like, I remember as a kid going, well, if my voice is swollen, then maybe I need to talk like this. And so that's what I did. And they were like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So I was really good with accents. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know six different English dialects. And uh, I, I played the Australian dragon on Jake Long, American dragon. And I've been Russian characters. I've been... Um, you know, Canadian characters. I, I've been all, all over the place and that really helped too. So any accent that I heard, I loved to try to sponge up um, and any like strange accent, you know, like South Africans, a really tough one. And that one I'm like fascinated. With. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it definitely was like a case of me doing a lot of different voices, accents, all of these weird things as a kid. And I had a dialect coach that really helped me dial in the accents. Cause again, my mom was like, if you're going to do it, be a professional. <laughs> you clearly had a smart mom. Uh, moving on to why we have you on the Relentables podcast. And that's of course to talk about under wraps. What do you remember about the casting process for that for Gilbert? Oh, I remember a lot about the casting process for Gilbert. Uh, we auditioned in where, where Disneyland was supposed to originally uh B, well, where we were supposed to overlook Disneyland. So there is a building where Warner Brothers currently is, was the original spot for Disneyland. And then they had to move to Anaheim because Warner Brothers bought that land. So there's a building that overlooks it and it's the Disney building. And it's, uh, it's very, it's white, it's tall and with green windows and at the very, 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 very top floor is where they did the casting for all Disney Channel original movies. 
And I auditioned for like nine of them and I did two of them and I almost did four. So the ones I almost did were I was very close to doing Brink because my brother founded, uh, was one of the founding members of Team Rollerblade. Oh, wow. So I have been rollerblading since I was a kid. I've done ice hockey and roller hockey my whole life. Uh, I was on a travel team for roller hockey in high school. I was on three teams in high school for roller hockey. And I did ice previously. Now I do ice again. And I I do both now. But on the top floor there is where they did all of the casting and what they would do is they would have an initial audition uh which was just you and the casting director then they would have a callback which was you the casting director the director and a couple producers then for the third call for all decoms there was the mix and match the mix and match was three kids for each character and they would group you up to see who had the best chemistry and this happened a lot as kids but especially with the disney channel movies so i got to that mix and match with lot with four different four different decoms two of them worked out as i said with under wraps i remember that mix and match um because my i loved my lines i thought they were so 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 funny and i remember auditioning with the wart head opening hmm. that was scene one the whole like that that whole scene with marshall yeah that was that was one and then the other scene was the one where we are at the, uh, the, the bench with the once. She did that once with the whole popcorn for the dolls. That was scene two. <clears throat> so that way, we could, all three of the kids could be in at least one scene together. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they had a Marshall and a Gilbert read together, right? And then they had the other two, the girl and Marshall read together, right? And then all three of us read together. So it was mm-hmm. beep. You know, it was never Gilbert, but it doesn't matter. So it was, that was the chemistry they were kind of looking for. The boys, right? All three, girl and boy. Hmm. See that chemistry, you know? So that mix and match process was fascinating. And I just, you can tell by the, you can, I mean, if you were open to it, obviously, the energies in the room are very, very distinct. I could tell when I was doing well and when they were leaning towards a different direction. Hmm. And what I mean by that is it doesn't necessarily mean that you were bad. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just what, whose chemistries work well together. And that's the most important thing. So I could tell when my chemistry was great with someone like with me and Mario, it's great. Uh, With uh, Clara and Mario and I, great. And we, we just knew we had something right? Even as children, this is crazy. You're 12. What in the world? By the time we filmed, I was 13, but it was 12. How do you know these things? And it's just, it was, it was palpable in a sense. Whereas when I went with some of these others, like when I went with Brink, I could tell, you know, it was, it was either Eric Von Denton and that cast or Eric Lively and that cast. And I was with the Eric Lively cast. At that time, his dad, <clears throat> who's of course, he's uh, Blake's sister, they they represented me so i was i've i've known their whole family since i was seven Hmm. so um i i i had really good chemistry with eric like jimmy and eric known each other forever so i was like oh well that's great but i also knew eric really well von denton so we had eric lively or eric von denton and i knew (laughs) both of them really well and i was like ah no 
oh no, but they're putting me with, with Eric Lively, which is great because I feel like I know him better, but I can just feel that chemistry right there is just, they're on point, man. Like you could just, like they were just cool. You know yeah. what I mean? And oh, I was yeah. like, I'm just not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> So right away, I was like, I'm not that cool, man. <laughs> so, so, like, I was like, yeah. Yeah, they chose right for that one. <laughs> you know, and, and um, the same thing with, uh, what was it? Alley Cats and Johnny Tsunami. Oh, wait, there's, yeah, there's five. Same thing with Alley Cats and Johnny Tsunami. When, when, um, when Can of Worms came up, I felt that same energy that Under Wraps had brought. Uh, but that casting process was, I mean, the mix and matches are something I really miss because you don't get that anymore, hardly. You know, people just throw it together and go, make it work. Yeah. And uh, those mix and matches were fun. Sorry for that long explanation, but I felt like it was important. No, I love it. I love these behind the scenes stories of Johnny Tsunami and Brink. Like these are some of the classics under wraps. Like yeah, I think I think kids growing up in the 90s <clears throat> had the best children's programming. And you look at the stuff on TV today and it just does not compare. The amount of pride it took and yeah. the stories and the lessons of those movies particularly were so formative. Everyone could see themselves in one of those films. I know for me as a young Jewish kid playing basketball, it was full court miracle, but there were so oh, many. So good. You know, and so good. It's it's great to hear that you are part of so many of these and and now going into under wraps when that movie ultimately came out you could talk about can of worms as well uh, did you get a lot of notoriety coming <clears throat> out of those movies I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you after the Disney Channel original movies came out no hmm. not at all um, it wasn't as big of a smash until it got much much older it was cool everyone really liked it but it wasn't a classic. You know, at that point, it was, oh, yeah, that was cool. Hey, you're in that Mummy movie. Aren't you the kid from the Mummy movie? Oh, I love the Mummy movie. And that's what it was known as, the Mummy movie. People didn't even remember the title. It was just that Mummy movie. Yeah. And it was that Mummy movie for 10 years. Until people were like, oh, under wraps. <gasps> under wraps. <laughs> and they started slowly to put it together. I still got, you're the kid from the Mummy movie, aren't you? You look like that kid from the Mummy movie. But slowly, it, it, it came in. And I'm not going to lie, un until about 50 Disney Channel original movies in, people went, oh, that's what these are. And then people started to build a career. You have to remember, when, I, when Under Wraps came out, there was no social media. Yeah. There was not even really the internet. There wasn't any of these things to blow it up and make the, the projects what they are today. You know, albeit I do agree with you that the projects today have more meat, to, or the, project, the projects then versus the projects today when we were kids, they had more meat. They were real story-driven story driven things. They were much more educational and filmed like films, whereas today they're a little mind, like even the TV shows, they're a little mindless. Yeah. Um, and they're just kind of like, oh, kid problems. Da -da -da -da. And you're like, <laughs> um, But I do feel like something special happened with them, but it grew over time. It definitely wasn't like a insta-soup. I feel like it would have been had there have been social media. But because there was none of that, it was just another job, to be honest with you. The real notoriety things were, were not the things on like Disney Channel. Because remember, it was the first original Disney movie. So people were like, okay, yeah. ooh, what's that? What's, a, what's, a, what's an original <laughs> Disney movie? Even when Can of Worms came out, people were like, you did another Disney original movie? What does that mean? 
oh, it's only going to be on Disney Channel? So you're not really a movie actor, <laughs> right? Whereas now it's like, oh, no, you're in a movie. This is legit. Yeah. You know, even if, if it's on a streaming service, it's legit. It can be nominated for an Oscar. It's won Oscars from a streaming service only. And coming out in a theater for like, what, two weeks, one week, maybe. That's all it kind of needs. So the notoriety was way different. You had to be on big movies or big television shows in order for anybody to go, oh, that, that is cool. Whereas these like side things, like people are like, uh-huh, but what else have you done? And I think people understate how many people watched those movies back then. They got crazy ratings, you know, 10 million viewers. And I guess there was not a lot on at the time, but people don't understand how crazy popular those movies were, even if you didn't get the notoriety per se. And once those movies, like you said, started churning out every month, mm -hmm. I think it didn't gain the popularity until unfortunately High School Musical, which of course blew it up. But I still like those other movies, the early ones much more than the, than the later ones they did by like 2005, 2006. I think High School Musical was definitely a game changer, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's the one that really gave Disney Channel original movies notoriety because there were legit stars that came out of that that still continue to work. Have you seen a resurgence of Under Wraps and Can of Worms since? I know they're, Under Wraps is not on Disney+, Plus, but have you seen a resurgence of these films? Have you gone back recently and watched them yourself? Absolutely. I've gone back and watched both of them. Um, I've seen a huge resurgence of Under Wraps. Uh, people really love, love, love that movie. And, um, you know, they did three Halloween Towns, which is also a classic Halloween movie. Yeah. Uh, but they only did one Under Wraps. And I'm thinking, what if they did an Under Wraps 2 now, where we had kids and the kids have to deal with this or something? I think really it would really work and play well because it seems like Under Wraps especially has gotten more and more popular as I've been getting older. Yeah. And I feel like it would be really, really cool for everyone. It would introduce it to a new audience. Plus, the parents would get nostalgia from it now. So I think uh, if Disney wanted to, they'd have something really, really fun with doing an Under Wraps 2 and making a sequel for today, for sure. Because it's definitely grown in popularity as, as, I've, as I've gone on in life. Yeah, and I think we've seen that. You know, they're bringing back, I think it's a Lizzie McGuire <laughs> TV show. You know, we've seen this countless times with Fuller House and, you know, Girl Meets World. And it's just revamping the IP that Disney currently owns for a new generation. And like you said, people like ourselves are now having kids and wanting to show it to their own kids. Um, Adam, exactly. I wanted to ask you a question totally unrelated to anything in this conversation. And that's your small part in the show Entourage. Uh, oh, yeah. I was rewatching that episode last night. I'm a huge fan of Entourage, I admit to say. Great show, me too. Huge fan. And that one episode of One Day in the Valley is one of my absolute favorite episodes. Just Ask my listeners who don't remember. I got you. <laughs> for my listeners who don't remember that episode, this is, of course, when this is the premiere of Aquaman, the prize movie. This is before the Jason Momoa Aquaman that came out years later. Yeah. This is the original yeah. Vinny Chase Aquaman. That's and, right. And he goes to the valley, heads to Northridge to that premiere. And then I guess it's you and Sam Levine, the other actor. Yeah, who, man. Who uh, Sam. both quintessential nerds. I know he's the original kid from Freaks and Geeks. And yeah. um, you invite him back to your uh, house party or I guess your buddy's house party that you're trying to get into and they agree to come yeah. over. And such an iconic <laughs> episode of television. What do you remember about working with those guys and just that entire experience on set? 
I remember everything from the Entourage <laughs> experience. Literally everything. I could tell you the all of the days I worked and all of the scenes I filmed <laughs> and asking me today if I still have the Maserati or if I got to keep it. <laughs> I mean, people ask me all the time, did you get to keep that Maserati? I was like, no, it's a movie. Or I mean, it's a TV show. It was a movie and then after the TV show, but still. <laughs> I remember everything. The four guys were so awesome to us. Hmm. They were fantastic. I remember uh, I had just gotten a Prius. Uh, Adrian is super into Prius. He's super, yeah. super gearhead with that. Loves the environment and, 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 and cars. And he, we were like chatting about that forever. Um, oh my gosh, like turtle. Dude, that dude is <laughs> rad. And he's a Halo player. And I remember we would play Halo in the trailer. Uh, and he was like, yeah, snipe, no scope. And I was like, oh, awesome. Really I don't think, I don't think he was really that. acting, to be honest. I think Jerry Ferrara was just turtle, <laughs> to be honest. Jerry's hilarious. He's such a hilarious dude. Um, uh, Kevin, super fun. You know, like exactly what you think he would be. I, I don't know if Johnny, Johnny, I don't know where Johnny drama stopped, yeah. to be honest. And he began, and I think that's part of the charm of it. Uh, which was so, so, so flippin' good. And, oh, my God, let's talk about some E. Uh, <laughs> that dude is great. He's fantastic yeah. in the show. He's fantastic in all, like, you know, when, when I saw him in The Notebook, yeah, yes, I'm going to talk about this. After that, I was like, I guess a really good actor. <laughs> um, because I just knew him from the villain from Up, Up, and Away, one of the Disney Channel yeah. original movies. I had no totally. idea that he would go on to have this whole career. This amazing career. And he's, you know, gone on to do so, so much after that, too. Um, but those four guys were rad. So much fun to work with. So flippin' awesome. So welcoming. Um, they all really had, a, had, like, this great relaxed about the whole thing and um were super fun i gotta say i really enjoyed my time on entourage and uh wished that i could have been there even more and working with sam you know sam and i have auditioned for so many of the same roles it was wonderful to finally work together uh and you know i still talk to him to this day um, he's seen some of my performances, the magic castle. He's also was a magician himself and he still knows a lot about it. He's a member of some magic circles and such. And, uh, so we pal around we still talk about different effects, new things that have come out and, uh, he just got engaged. Um, so rad, like right before quarantine, he got engaged. Uh, and he's a big trivia buff and he's on this game show now that he's uh, like a two time champion of hmm. that's on YouTube, which is super, super cool. And uh, dude, I loved, loved, not only was I, the thing is about entourage, I was a huge fan of the show before I auditioned for it. So auditioning for it was a, Ooh, <laughs> I really like this and whenever you really want something, you never get yeah. it. That is the oh, yeah. deal in the industry. You make a deal, and that is if you think you're perfect for it, if you really want to do it, you never get it. That is the deal, okay? Okay? It's the ones you don't expect. Fine. 
but this one I, I did end up luckily uh, getting the job and working on it. And it was everything I thought it would be in every aspect, which was so awesome. I'm so glad it lived up to the hype. I love that scene where Johnny Drama is just in the theater and the guy goes to go to the restroom. He's just like, sit down and he's got the hood yes. on. And it's just, uh, it gets me every time. Adam, I can't thank you enough for coming on the Relentless Podcast. I'm sure my listeners would be curious as to what you're up to now. I love the magic mm-hmm. videos that you're posting on TikTok and oh, Instagram. They're you. just great. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, quarantine stopped a lot of things for me. I am in the middle of uh, writing a pilot with another um, famous actor that you would know as, as a kid. I'm not going to disclose that name yet. But I, let's just say that you would definitely know him from his movie work and it would be very nostalgic for you. Hmm. Um, he might may or may not also have red in his hair. May or may not. Uh, not too sure. But uh, and he he might have worked with Robert Rodriguez a lot. I don't know who it is, but it's possible. And um, we're writing a pilot together, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's about a magician. Um, it's. <sighs> Without disclosing too much, there's a lot of entourage in it. Uh, there's a lot of aspects of that, of that bond in in the show that that we are currently writing. But if you if you made it about magicians and gamers um, instead of instead of actors, uh, which is super cool, so very excited about that. Um, hopefully, gonna gonna do our best to get that project up and running and uh working on a couple of other voiceover things always performing magic um i'm regularly at the uh, magic castle in hollywood as well as other events magic wise Uh, i do a live show in quarantine every night on tiktok uh just about every night some you know i take i take a couple days off but um i do that every night so i i answer questions and i do magic and i play games and i'm also you know musical theater performer so i do songs and and have um, a lot of fun on there doing that. Um, but as far as, uh, I, I had a lot of new projects that were coming up and a lot get canceled because of the coronavirus. So um, you can catch me on a show, on, on a movie called Pocket Listing on Hulu. Um, that is definitely on there. But we'll see what happens with these newer projects. There's a lot of things that I'm not sure if they're going to come back or not. So we'll have to we'll have to just see. I know for a fact I'm going to be doing some other Instagram live things uh, with some other musical theater things and acting things, and I'll be doing some uh, TikTok live things in my own show as well. So that is something to look forward to for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I know a lot of artists and performers are struggling right now, like you said, with the coronavirus. And but it's a great time to write. You know, a great time for development yeah. and you know, kind of getting yeah. creative and what you could do. I just want to end on five rapid fire questions if you're ready. Ooh, Whew. Okay. rapid fire. I will try to slow my answer. I will try not to take too long of my answers. All right. Honestly, Dude. with all these Dude. interviews, the rapid fires have gone longer than the interview. So uh, no, no rush here. Uh, oh, any okay, good. Shows, any TV shows you're currently binging during the quarantine? Binging. None. Oh, hmm. I'm finally finishing Shit's Creek. I have one episode left and I'm very sad. I always love The Office. The Office and Friends are go-tos for me. The Office is my favorite show of all time if I had to pick. So those are very, very binge shows for me. Shark Tank, I've been binging a lot. Love Shark Tank. I've been binging a lot. 
So I'm a big Ben Bailey fan. So Cash Cab and, uh, and, and Shark Tank, you know, they inspire me to be creative um, in all aspects. And I really love that. So when I'm trying to feel creative, I watch Shark Tank. When I, when I want to get my trivia on, I binge Cash Cab. <laughs> when I want to binge a fun, mindless show, it's like The Office or Friends, mostly The Office. And uh, other than that, it's, it's shows that I'm kind of catching up on from <clears throat> a lot of different things. Is there an investor on Shark Tank you'd most want to go in with on a project? I would want the person best for the project. I, I love Mark Cuban. I think that his mind is fascinating. What I love about Mark the most is that he's, he's straightforward, he's direct. He will tell you if it's a winner or a loser. That I really, really appreciate about him. But I think they all have their great parts. I really, 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 really do. I can see partnering up with each and every one of them. I am not going to lie. <laughs> the person I would want to most partner up, though, would be Mark Cuban. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite movie monster? I know we're talking about under wraps, but you know, do you have a preference for mummy, vampire, werewolf, Frankenstein? Wow, that's a really good question. I would choose vampire. Hmm. If I had to choose a horror movie character, I would choose vampire movies. Um, I loved Interview with a Vampire growing up, and I thought that was one of the most fascinating films of all time. So, And Vampire in Brooklyn. Pfft, who doesn't love Eddie Murphy, right? I mean, that was amazing. So I would definitely go. Uh, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, Gary Oldman's one of my favorite actors, so you've got to do that. What's your favorite Disney Channel original movie that you weren't a part of? You know, I get this question a lot. My favorite Disney Channel original movie that I wasn't a part of. And it's so hard because I like so many. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Lordy B. There's so many I love. Like, uh, Half Court Miracle I love. Uh, I love also um, Luck of the Irish. Yeah. I love my 13th year. Yeah. I love, um, <laughs> oh man, I really, I really loved Genius. That was another yes. really good one. Yes. Man, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I would have to say <laughs> that I just, I love so many of them. <laughs> Halloween Town is so good. Um, oh gosh. There's too, there's too many. I can't pick a favorite child. I love them. I, I love, I love them all. That's what I'm going to say. Love That's a great people. answer. Uh, favorite restaurant in LA. My favorite restaurant in LA is Hugo's restaurant. Hmm. Hugo's is fantastic. And it's this spot right on Coldwater and um, Riverside. And it is phenomenal. And I've seen a major like it's one of these spots that you wouldn't think is shishi or fancy but you'll see any every hollywood celebrity there in at one point or another which is crazy because the reason i started going there is food allergies hmm. um they really really cater to food allergies and they take it so seriously and their food is so good while they do it and that's why initially i went there ended up falling in love with food. I feel like it's the best burger 
you can get in LA. They're, they're also French onion soup is to die for. And um, that is my favorite restaurant for sure. But it's crazy how many people I've seen in and out of there. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> hey, look. Oh, hey, look. And then I was listening to, because I listen to Mason Ireland almost every day, as most sports heads do. And of course, John Ireland, Hugo's in, in Studio City. I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> even he knows. Last yeah. one, if Disney Plus approached you about being an underwrapped sequel, prequel, expanded universe series, would you sign up to be a part of it? Before they even finish their sentence, I would sign up to be a part of it. I think that, that uh, being a part of an underwraps new thing today would, would be phenomenal. I would be so excited to go back into the Gilbert world uh, and see where he has either come from or see where he has gone. Oh. That would be so much fun. I would sign up for under wraps too before they would get to wraps. They'd be like, do you want to do under? Yes. Yes. I. What? Oh, there's a concept. Sure. Fine. I'm, I mean, I'm going to say yes, but yes. Okay, good. Or it could be like, we were going to say Undertaker, the movie about the wrestler. That's, and you'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That works too. Tall. Yeah. I'm more of a cane, but you know, whatever. Oh, no, we want you for the pallbearer. Of course. you. <laughs> Why? Adam, thank you so much for coming on the Roll Lunchables podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being a guest. I would like to thank my guest, Adam Wiley, for coming on the podcast. You could find him on Instagram or TikTok at This Is Adam Wiley. You could subscribe to the Roll Lunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. Until next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube